Flush the bombers, get the subs in launch mode. We are at DEFCON 1. DEFCON 1. Cincinnati, Ohio. One more hour and I'll be home. Close my eyes and rest my bones. Can't be more than a mile or so from Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati, Ohio. Welcome to the Hunt for Reds October podcast. I'm your host, Coop, and tonight I am flying solo on the emergency Reds cleaning out their roster podcast edition a bunch of big news has happened over the last couple of days nick castellanos opted out of his contract which was expected Uh, i don't think anybody was uh, throwing for a loop with that tucker barnhart was traded to the detroit tigers again not unexpected i think we assumed that tucker was going to get moved sometime during the offseason just happened right after the World Series. Congrats to Atlanta, by the way, for winning the World Series. But this is a Reds podcast, so screw it. And then what happened today, on Friday, Wade Miley was claimed on waivers by the Cubs. And that's the one I'm going to talk about first because it makes no sense on how it happened. I think people understand that they could have possibly moved Wade Miley in a trade. But the Reds decided to save $1 million by waiving him. Now, they had a team option for $10 million for Wade Miley or a $1 million buyout. By doing what they did and waiving him, they only saved $1 million because you could have traded him and it could have been like a Tucker Barnhart trade, which I'll talk about in a minute, where you didn't get really anything back, but you get something back for the value. Wade Miley had six war, according to baseball reference. Uh, Fangraphs gives him 2.9, which is, you know, a lot lower. But still, he had a really good season. Fangraphs even uh, gave his season value as $23.5 million. He made $8 million last year. So you're telling me that even with a little bit of regression – that Wade Miley wasn't worth $10 million? Okay. If that's if you're that desperate for budgetary concerns, okay. But the Reds didn't dump him for $10 million. They dumped him for $1 million. <laughs> Are you telling me that this team is this desperate for money that they would give away a six-war player because of a million dollars? I'm sorry, but that is a very bad omen for the future of this team. Let's circle back to this. Let's get to some of the other news. Nick Castellanos opted out of the last $34 million in two years of his contract, which was expected. He's going to make a whole lot more than that over the next several years. Um, I know there were fans that want the Reds to re-sign him, but given the Wade Miley news, I... I don't think the Reds are even going to attempt to sign him. They'll probably give him a qualifying offer, which is $18 million in a one-year contract, around $18 million. And if he signs elsewhere, they get a comp pick, which is what's probably going to happen. Which, if you weren't going to trade Castellanos in the season, then the comp pick is at least something. But don't expect him to sign back here. 
he's going to want to go somewhere where he can contend for the playoffs and contend for a title. And that's not going to be Cincinnati in the next couple of years. So the other news was the Tucker Barnhart trade, which, again, not unexpected. Uh, He had a, I believe, a $7.5 million option on his deal. In return, the Reds got Nick Quintana, who is, I mean, let's face it, a failed prospect in the Tigers organization. He was a second-round pick in June 2019, so maybe a failure right now is too harsh of a word. He just has not produced at all with the bat so far. Um, But that's, I mean, at least you're cashing in a lottery ticket when you're trading Tucker Barnhart. So you lose the $16 million in Nick Castellanos' deal, $7.5 million on the Tucker Barnhart deal, and depending on how you want to look at it, either $10 million or $1 million from the waiving of your best starting pitcher from last year. So what's next? What's the next domino that's going to fall here? You know the Reds are not going to spend. They're not going to go out and do what they did a few years ago when they signed Castellanos, signed Miley, signed Moustakas. That's not going to happen. The three moves that have happened since the end of the World Series this week, it shows you that the Reds are not going to be spenders in the offseason. Far from it. $10 million for Wade Miley, that would have been a pretty decent contract for him and for the team. That's a team-friendly contract when you're bringing in a pitcher who put up six war for $10 million. Now, of course, I fully expect him to regress a little bit, but a little bit. (laughs) $10 million. I know to us that's a lot of money. But in baseball, for the production that he put up, that is a bargain. Tucker Barnhart, $7.5 million as your backup catcher. Yeah, I would have. I still would have done it. He, I mean, he's a Gold Glover, two-time Gold Glover. Uh, you obviously want Tyler Stevenson to get the majority of the at bats, just because of his, just of his, just because of his offensive capabilities. Yeah, but I can understand that a little bit more. The Wade Miley thing, I don't understand at all. Not, not that you, not that they got rid of him, but how they got rid of him. And I know I'm repeating myself, but. Peter Gaiman's reported earlier today that there was an AL Central team that was wanting to engage the Reds on Wade Miley. But the Reds didn't give anybody the chance. They had to save that $1 million and cut him, basically, waive him. It'd be nice to be able to ask Bob Castellini about this. But he apparently only answers questions from Paul Doherty. Not any of the beat writers, not any other media not national media, only Paul Doherty. So instead, he sends out Nick Crawl to try to explain these things. And let me tell you, I almost feel bad for Nick Crawl because he can't honestly believe the things he's saying because it's so asinine. Saying that they tried to trade Wade Miley and found no takers. Really? You tried to trade him when you waived him, what, two, three days after... The World Series ended. You didn't try to trade him. You might have had some cursory calls from other teams, but what was the rush other than to save the million dollars? 
there was no, there was no rush to wave him when they did. Are you telling me that you're that desperate to save money that you're going to give away somebody like Wade Miley before even fielding any calls to potentially get some value in return? Yeah, you're you're not going to get a top prospect for Wade Miley. I understand that. But you could at least do what you did with the Tucker Barnhart deal and play a, a lottery ticket. There were also reports that well, I don't, I don't know if you want to call this a report. There's a Twitter account that it's somebody who claims to be a front office person of a major league team. I don't know if that's legit or not. But they're claiming that the Reds have already started shopping Sonny Gray as well. Sonny Gray is going to make, what, $10 million next year? So, again, how desperate is this team for money if they're making these kind of moves this early in the offseason? We're not even to December yet. I know there's the possibility of a work stoppage, but the players aren't. The players get played, paid during the season, not in the offseason. What is the rush right now? Why are they so desperate to immediately cut this money? And what's the next shoe that's going to drop? A couple other things that Nick Crawl said. He said that the Reds are not willing to attach prospects to deals to get other teams to take on money. This is obviously is a reference to the deal where Jeter Downs and Josiah Gray were were included in the Homer Bailey deal to get that contract off the books. Then Nick Crawl mentioned players like Nick Lodolo and Hunter Green and Reaver San Martin as being players who will compete for a rotation spot next year. Reaver San Martin, sure, I can buy that. But Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo would only get a shot if the CBA changes, the collective bargaining agreement. Because as it stands now, with the Super 2 and everything, which is probably hopefully going to go away, but if for some reason that were to continue into 2022, the Reds are not going to give Nick Lodolo and Hunter Green a legitimate shot. They would not start their arbitration clock. If you're that desperate to get rid of $1 million, by waving Wade Miley, you are not going to start arbitration clocks before you want to. But hopefully that changes, and I'll get to what is probably going to be a labor stoppage here in a few minutes. So now you have to look at how you replace the production that you lost from Castellanos, Barnhart, and Miley. Obviously, they're not going to do that with big-ticket free agents Honestly, I don't see them making a trade either. Because if you are trading for someone who is productive, they're going to be making money. This team, with these moves, especially the Wade Miley move, are signaling to the baseball, we're not spending money. You're signaling to free agents. You're signaling to other teams looking to trade that whatever kind of moves we make will not involve adding money to the payroll. So what you are looking at is probably some retreads that will come in here. Um, some Sometimes those work out. Tyler, Tyler Naquin, for example, he was, he was okay this year, but are you going to start Shogo Akiyama in center field? He's still under contract for one more year at what? $7 million. <laughs> You're going to have a hard time 
with that, with the fans, because he has just not produced in the two years he's been here. Does that mean TJ Friedel gets a legitimate shot in spring training? Maybe. He's he's still pretty cheap. When it comes to backup catcher, you have the guy whose name I can't pronounce, Mark Kozlov, or whatever, who was on Team USA in the Olympics. Uh, you have Chris Oakey, shout out to Ryan. Or you can bring in a bargain basement free agent, which is probably the route they're going to go. Honestly, Tyler Stevenson needs to get 120 starts at catcher. I know that's not the way baseball is played now at that position, other than Salvador Perez in Kansas City, that it's usually almost a 50-50 split between the backup and primary catcher, but Tyler Stevenson needs to get at-bats, period. So then, if the Reds are cutting this kind of money now, they're probably not going to address short stuff again. So you can just prepare for Kyle Farmer starting it short again next year. And then what do you do in the bullpen? Uh, Michael Givens elected free agency. Michael Lorenzen elected free agency. Probably not going to bring either of those back, either of those guys back. And then you can, there's still guys that they probably are going to non-tender. So late breaking news here. We got Branch joining us. Branch, let's talk about these moves, man. Oh, man. Um, okay. So we start out. Let's go from the beginning. We got Tucker. I am pretty happy about the Tucker move. Not because I want to see Tucker leave or anything like that, but that we actually got something in return for him, or the Reds got something in return for him. And he's going to a place where he's going to help out that young pitching staff that's going to be damn good, to be quite honest with you. Um, and actually getting anything is good. Because, well, as we move on through these moves, we'll see that the Reds also think that an option is not getting dick for good players. Um, so I'm happy for Tucker. He, The dude overachieved his entire time in Cincinnati. He was supposed to be Devin Mesoraco's backup. He, he took them through a very rough patch, so to speak, after, you know, Devin's injuries just succumbed to him, you know. Yeah. And in a career short, um, Hate that for Devin. I was glad to hear him on another podcast that, you know, talking about it. He, he sounds great. Um, then, uh, then we got uh, the Cassianos thing, which that's no surprise to anybody. Uh, it shouldn't be. And honestly, if, if fans are still thinking that Cassianos is going to come back, he might. But it's the, the chances are so slim. I mean, there is, they've gotten ranked as the 11th free agent on the market this year and there's a slew of really good short stops on the market which those are hard to come by as well the reds know that doesn't always happen hey um shout out to kyle farmer we've lived, we've lived through that one what was that shout, shout out to dude. kyle farmer shout out to kyle farmer yeah uh we need a short stop they're not always available uh they are this year and he's going to be one of the big bats to, to, to come out and i can't imagine a, a uh a, you know Red Sox, a Padres, uh, New York Mets, possible White Sox. They're, they're, they say they're looking for a right fielder. You know, it, it's just liable to be a bidding war there. And I can totally understand if the Reds do not want to get into a bidding war over Nick Cassianos. But I also understand if they get into it. But with the signals they've showed us so far, they're just not going to. Yeah, I don't uh, even... Then we move on to, to Wade Miley, who's... They just let a guy... They just put a guy on waivers because... 
they couldn't they said they couldn't find a trade partner for him. Bullshit. And the reason they couldn't find a trade partner is because all the other damn GMs know that they're just gonna let him walk no matter what. They've already showed their damn hand to the other twenty nine teams. Everybody yep. knows. Absolutely. It's it's over. I mean they they know they cannot enter any negotiations from a position of strength at all right now. They're gonna it, it, it it's always discount warehouse. You're Don't right. Your players. You're right that I don't know if the Reds think the other 29 teams are as dumb as they are, but you've proven, even before you waived Wade Miley, you've proven you're desperate to cut money. So yep. they were going to either make a deal for a nothing prospect, or, like you said, they're just going to wait out the Reds because they were either going to waive him or pay the $1 million and let him become a free agent that way. Yep. So you've already showed your hand, of course, if Nick Crawl, if that's true, saying that they couldn't find a trade partner, what, why would somebody want to, this early in the offseason, try to trade for him when you know that if you just wait him out, he's going to be a free agent or he's going to be on waivers? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I guarantee you his ass is going to end up on the Angels and the uh, Cubs are going to get something for him. I can tell you right now that's what's going to happen. Oh, I mean, the, the, Cubs... the Angels need starting pitching so bad. And no, Wade Miley probably wouldn't repeat this season. But you know what? A lefty, then give you 163 innings, or uh, 63 innings, and give you a 4.0 ERA ish, a little down year from this, from the past yeah. year. You'd take that. The Angels would take that every time. Hell, if they had that for five guys, they'd win a World Series. Well, and. I mean, it's, just, it, it's the way that works. If the Reds really are cutting money, you know Sonny Gray's available. So mm-hmm. that's you don't you don't you know now. Well, I see reports today that Sonny Gray was shopped already. Well, yeah, yeah. So you know, as another team, you know that the Reds are wanting to get rid of that ten million dollars. So why would you offer anything of value for him? The only thing, and <laughs> I'm and I'm trying to be somewhat not so damn negative is if they're trying to free up money to sign Nick, but. I mean, seriously, I mean, Nick's contract isn't that horrible. One of the reasons he probably signed with the Reds was they gave him those two opt-out years. Yeah. And he earned his money. I know he likes being a Red. And if they turn, he's the fan base. I ain't for sure. I mean, do we want to see the Reds give Nick 206 years? That ain't going to happen. Uh, That's... That, that's a that's a pill that's hard to swallow right there. You know, he's 30 years old. I think it'll take every bit of five years, 120, to sign Nick Castellanos right now. But God, that sounds like a Homer Bailey contract. Yeah, but... And, and it's scary. It really is. And with an outfield that has trouble staying healthy, mm-hmm. you know, that's really freaking scary. But I don't think, and, and, and because, but it, but it does build into Nick Crawl a perfect excuse. Well, we had some contracts that didn't work out. Yeah, you know, because they had the excuse of Homer Bailey forever. Bob Bagdag Bob over here being told what to say with a gun to his head. Yeah, but honestly, I don't think any big ticket free agent signs until we know what's going on with the labor situation, which I didn't get to yet. But we can talk to we can talk about that here. In a yeah. Few 
there's there's just so much uncertainty when it comes to free big time free agents. Now you're you're well, they do get to keep whatever they sign for before the CBA. They get to keep that in their contract. So that might will not change CBA. So that might be an incentive to say that might be an incentive to sign early. Yeah, like I'm a free say I'm whatever free agent. You go to a team that you know you want to play for. You say you give me this now before this happens. I'll sign. And and where that plays into is in this contract. We're probably going to see some guys make it to free agency a little earlier. You know, because that's what the that's what the union wants. I can't imagine. They want to see guys be able to make it earlier. So if you are a big time free agent right now, it might be it might be best to sign early. That way that contract is valid through the end of the contract on technically on this CBA. You know, who knows what's gonna happen with qualifying offers and all that. Right. That that could change, but that's MLB. But they might be looking at more competition when say next year's class of free agents, twenty twenty two's class of free agents all of a sudden doubles because everybody gets dropped a year. Yeah, because with 2020, with the pandemic. Yeah, I mean, it, it, do you want to look at more competition for your position? Yeah. Or do you want to make the money now? Now, it's hard, it's hard to project past the 1st of December or 2nd of December whenever the CBA runs out. 1st of December, yeah. 1st of December. Now, I know there are some people who say, oh, they'll get this resolved by spring training. I don't know. I mean, the owners really want to cut costs, and they want to get rid of. Um, they probably want to get rid of Super Two, if you're going to keep arbitration, and yeah. they don't want to add a DH in the National League probably because that's another position that you're going to have to play a, pay a premium for those National League teams, even though I think that needs to be must. And I think that's going to happen. I think that I think the DH will happen. And I, namely because I think it's too expensive for pitchers to be on the base pass. They're looking at it like what's the reward, and it costs so much to lose a pitcher on a base pass. But I think the big sticking point is going to be the players want to end the service time manipulation, and the owners. That that one I think I think they'll get that done too. I said I think we're going to lose a year. Yeah, but you're going to lose you're going to lose a year of arbitration too, or they might. You might gain a year of ARB and lose a year of free agency. Hmm. That's that's right. Yeah. So you might actually like go see to four, ARB go one year longer. Like go to four years of arbitration, eliminate the go Super Go to two. four years of arbitration and be at six of free agency. Now, right I now, mean, I think it's three years of ARB and three years to free agency. It's a total of six to, you know. Yeah. Or seven, whatever it is. Well, you could, you could say, make it two years to arbitration, four years of arbitration, and still have six years to free agency. Yeah. But then that's going to cost more money and maybe lead to more service time manipulation. So I don't know. I think that's going to be a major sticking point. Service time stuff they can fix by just moving the active days. You would think you would think it would be that but easy. It but it might be hard. We're talking about MLB owners here. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it, that's the reason I don't think the season's going to start on time. I have, even a, though I think that the only the only reason it might is because after twenty twenty. The owners know so much they need to not fight this out publicly. But the owners are so good at making the union look bad, it's ridiculous. The owners are good at convincing uh, people making just over minimum wage that they can't afford things. You're talking about multimillionaires and billionaires 
convincing yeah. people that they don't have the money to do something. If you can't own a goddamn business, don't own it. You know why I know that? Because I owned a business that I could not afford to fucking own. Would it have eventually worked out? Maybe. But after I kept it afloat for five years, I had to fucking go bankrupt. It happens. So sometimes you fuck up and you mess up. And and just because these fuckers have uh, have a one in 30, uh, 30 things that only exist in the damn world, we're supposed to feel sorry for them? They own one of 30 things. Yep. One of 30. They are not poor. They can sell that one of 30 thing so damn easy. Because that one of 30 thing makes a shit ton of money. It's a cash machine. Well, and to me, all oh, of the... Oh, yeah, the taxpayers pay for where to where you get to have total control. Yeah, over. oh, yeah. Yeah, and taxpayers and, pay for and the, some of these stadiums. And, yeah. yeah. And but you don't even pay for this yet. To me, all of the problems in baseball are the owner's fault. People don't want to say see that when they see people players making twenty five thirty million dollars yeah. a year. But why are they making twenty five thirty million dollars a year? The owners gave it to them, and as soon as you they know who started, my favorite, my favorite owner ever was. Go ahead, Steinbrenner. You know why? Because he said, "Fuck it, I have the New York Yankees. I have all the money in the world. I'm going to buy a team. Yeah, and I want to win. I don't give a shit." And they won. And they won. They had, some, they had some rough seasons there in the 80s, but... Yeah, well, you, you still miss up some, but, yeah, but, but for the most part, he was like, end it all, I don't care. Win. Just win. I'll, I'll, I'll just, I'll never feel sorry for the owners. They are yeah. the ones that put themselves in this position. And then they want to ask for, ask for some of these things back, and it's like, you've already given the players all of this power. You've already given the MLBPA all this power. They're going to fight you when you try to take some of it back. Don't act surprised. Yeah. Well, they're and, and and here's the thing: they're going to call it a strike in the media. It's a lockout. It's not going to be a strike. It's going to be a lockout. It'll be a lockout. Yeah. And I hope they're smart enough to not do it because yes, baseball does not need this right now. The whole playoffs this year were fantastic. Oh the, yeah. The, the the product on the field is utterly amazing right now. This is. I've been a baseball fan for hell forty seven years now. This the product that's on the field is so good. Other than maybe the insane pitching dominance, but as a baseball purist, I'm like, well, that's kind of part of the game. You know, uh, they they need to not screw this up. God, they need to not screw it up. But the Reds are going to lead the charge on how to. Oh, Bob Castellini. Have we have any of the fans opened a GoFundMe for Bob yet? I mean, the way he's acting, he needs it. You know, I guess there's not enough money in produce right now. Well, I think Jared put something out that they are the poorest, like the second poorest owners in all baseball. Again, sometimes when you own a business and you, you don't have enough money to keep it going, it's not everybody else's fault. It's your goddamn fault. Yeah. If you can't afford... You, you shouldn't have got into the business. If you Again, can't if you can't afford to run the Reds, sell them. It was a mistake on my part, and it cost me dearly. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you can't afford it... I sit it, away thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on something that didn't work out. There comes a point where you have to go, this shit ain't working. And if you're that desperate for money and you want people to believe you're that desperate for money, open your books. Let's see. Yeah. Let's see how poor you are. You're not they're not yeah. gonna do that. They're not. Yeah, because like, 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 like the Braves, they showed out they made two hundred and what million dollars in two months, three months. You you will never before, they, before the playoffs. It was like, yeah. oh my god. You will never convince me that Bob Castellini is not raking in money. 
you will never convince me with the structure That's of Major the League I Baseball. Probably spent, I probably spent upwards of $5,000 in the Reds this year. I went to four games. And the thing is, is money from ticket sales and concessions pales in comparison to what they get from the TV deals, both national and local. Obviously, the Reds don't get as yeah. much as the big market teams when it comes to local TV. I understand that. But they just recently doubled the money they get from TV a couple years ago. They went, they, they're making something like $40 million a year on TV. Yes, the Yankees make close to $200 million a year on TV. I understand that. But you're telling me that between concessions and ticket sales and, uh, you know, licensed products, TV money, radio money, all the advertisements around that stadium and official sponsors. You're telling me you're that desperate for money that you're going to waive Wade Miley in his six-war season to save a million dollars? I'm not buying it. I swear to God, they're not, they're not even trying to make up money they lost for 2020. They're trying to make up money they projected to make yeah. in 2020. Yeah, I agree with and that. Everybody lost money in 2020. That's what, what happened. They Capitalism lost profit. They that, lost that, profit. You in lose money some goddamn times. It just happens. And Bob Castellini only answers to Paul Doherty, apparently, which I was saying earlier. But he's never he's never going to open the books. He he is going to cry poor. And yeah. I mean, C. Trent today. Yeah, that was great. He just hey, flat we need out. More reporters to be real reporters like that. He flat Dawson's out, been leading the charge, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, but C. Trent today know. flat out on Twitter. Dawson's just a retired judge. Yeah, <laughs> he uh, he was letting the Reds have it, saying if the fans want to grab their pitchforks this time, and they're you know they're crying poor when they're not poor. Uh, yeah. And what's next? Obviously, they're looking to trade Sonny Gray. They will, yep. if you're willing to trade Sonny Gray, you're probably willing to trade Luis Castillo. They will do whatever it takes to get out of the contracts of Mike Mustakis and Eugenio Suarez, probably. I have a feeling they're they're trying to get under 100 million. Which you might as well become the Pittsburgh Pirates at that point. Yeah, I, I mean, I have that feeling that that's the number they want is under 100 million. That means a couple more contracts. Now, can have to go. they do that? Can they do that? With what they currently have. And now we're going to get into the weeds of the Reds. Yes, they can. But they're going to have to attach Wade Miley's contract to Hunter Green or Nick Lodolo. And that's that's going to hurt. And it's going to hurt bad. Well, and like Nick Kroll was saying earlier that they didn't want to attach prospects to save they're money like they did to. with Homer Bailey. But if you want to move Mike Mustakis' contract, yeah. Mm-hmm. You're 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 looking at Nicoladolo at least. You're 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 selling Nicoladolo for his contract. That's yeah. what you're doing. Same thing with Eugenio Suarez. If you want to move him, you're going to have to attach. You know. Yeah. Jose Barrero. No, I think they will add a couple people. I mean, I honestly. Not a, not high priced people. No, I, I I mean like there's there's some people they can. This is the thing that kills me is being a Reds fan. I'm like okay, I like I forgive the ownership of being. Horrible by starting to think of, okay, let's put $100 million on the table and see where they're at. Let's ship a prospect. And I start looking at the team, and I'm like, okay, maybe we can afford McCutcheon. Maybe. I just don't see him doing it. They're still going to need more outfield depth, and you're relying on 
and this is this is also Sonny Gray being gone, but you're relying on only bringing being able to bring up one really good pitcher. You're gonna have to sign a journeyman, which they just let one walk. Right. <laughs> for nothing, I, it, it it is frustrating. It again this... if they, they if they if next week if oh it's Monday after this I think the free agency fully starts up. If they turn around and say, okay, we saved all that money, we're signing Nick. Okay, I get what you're doing. But I am not 100 I do not think that's going to happen. I don't think I don't think many people think that's going to happen. I think they're just going to give him the qualifying offer and just hope to mm-hmm. get the 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 draft pick, the sandwich pick. I mean, yeah. yeah. Which And and I'll be the, oh god, the whole thing frustrates me cuz I'm sorry, but the the the, the pirates are coming. They're not going to be a bad team next year, the year after, or the year after next. They're not. They're really not going to be bad. Yeah, they got Key Brian Hayes, and they've got some guys, man. Yeah, <laughs> Key Brian Hayes is really good. He, and, and he's going to be really good. Literally nothing this year. Yeah. I mean, it's it's hard to be optimistic with what has happened mm-hmm. this week. Obviously, we knew Castellanos was going to opt out. We knew that yeah. they were going to try to move Tucker. We knew they were probably going to try to move Wade Miley, but the way they did it, that's what I was saying earlier, the way they did it. Yes. Is that's just, the thing. You might as well. I mean, in, in all honesty, I don't think. And, and, and calling around and getting rid of these guys during the playoffs and the World Series, the other teams know you're desperate. Yeah. that It tells you you're desperate if, I mean, we're not even, what, three days from the end of the World Series and you've waived Wade Miley. What was the rush? It's a damn liquidation sale. Yeah, it's a. You might as well just put a you know clearance sign on the side of Great American Ballpark. Everything well, must Trump's go. Trump's running again in twenty twenty four, and Bob needs to save that million dollars to be able to pay Trump. Yeah, so, don't get me started on that. Because politics matter in fucking baseball, you dumbasses. Oh my god, it's fucking that drives me insane. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to hear about you crying poor. And honestly, it doesn't matter which political candidate or which party. If you're crying don't, poor, don't give, give to and you're and then you turn around and you're giving millions of dollars to a political party, I don't yeah. want to hear it. It it rings hollow. Totally. And Nick Kroll, he's in the position because he's a yes man. He's going to do and say what Bob and those hey, above him he's tell him. Making sure he has another position as an assistant GM when this job is over. I mean. <laughs> that he will be looked upon highly in the industry as a number two and will have a good job. That's what he's doing. Yeah. Uh, although, how can you take him seriously with what he says? You can't. I, is he honestly, I, everybody gets mad about it. Like, it seems like he sucks at saying stuff. I, mean, I, I think I, these I, are the words I, being I put in his mouth. He's saying what he, he can say. I think that he's been told this is what you can and can't say. You need to be positive. And he's he's trying to shine a turd. Yep. And sometimes that's hard. That's why I don't... Hey, Nick, if your hands are tied and you're being held hostage, your safe word is pineapple juice. <laughs> Nick... Say pineapple juice in the next press conference. Nick, bark twice if you were in Milwaukee. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Blink Morse code SOS. If yes. you were being held against your will. <laughs> yes. Because, <laughs> I mean, that's what it sure self feels like. I mean, yeah, he's not the greatest public speaker in the world. But I've I've actually talked to, to Nick Kroll personally. 
before. He's not a stupid man, and he no, he's not. He, he he's actually very dry and kind of funny. But um, you know, and meeting him, he was very very nice, and I was not fanboying him. I was just like, hey, <laughs> he was like, hey. <laughs> But yeah, he, that, that was that was that was a couple years ago. That's why I don't uh, I I just don't put all the blame on him because I don't no, think no he's doing what he has to do. He's being he's doing what he's told to do right yeah. now. Yeah, it's like any of us that are in any kind of big business with a big company behind us. You know, when layoffs happen, it's not our direct bosses that make the damn decisions. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's the people above. It's the people way above. Yeah. And they shelter him, and that's one of the things that happens is everybody gets sheltered. You know, but it, it is, um, on the way home from work today, I'm listening to the radio, and uh, I think it's Vascursion that's on, he was on uh, network radio at some point today, and and all, all he said about the Miley thing is, well, this the, the Miley thing, he goes, I understood the, the Barnhart thing, but you had Stevenson coming. He said he understood the... The you know that Nick was going to opt out because well that's what's best for Nick and his family. Mm-hmm. The Miley thing he's like this is just signaling that you're just you're you need money. Yeah, yep. <laughs> like you you can't take a six four player and just give them away, but they did that. They just did that for the rest of this offseason, The Reds have no leverage in any deal. None. None. Not a bit. By their own choosing. And we already know they got to get rid of of uh, Senzel at some point. He ain't never coming back. That bridge uh, is burned. That bridge is burned, and he's going to get to the point where they just release him. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna wave him, and yeah, he'll go to free agency so that little fucker's gonna be playing third base in St. Louis, and he's gonna kill us. Is what's gonna happen? You know what? And good for him if that's the case. Yeah, because yeah. he got dicked over by this organization. Matt Carpenter, number two. <laughs> Man, so we did have a few uh, listener questions. Awesome! Uh, with the hashtag goodbye Mother Tucker because that's when <laughs> Tucker <laughs> Barnhart was traded. Yeah. Um. Just a, just a couple here. Uh, Joshua asks hashtag goodbye Mother Tucker. Favorite version of the Reds uniform in history, and he also had the hashtag Coop wants a free hat. The I'm starting to think I don't get a free hat because it's too expensive for the Reds, but. Uh, favorite version of the Reds uniform I'm still partial to the 99 uniform where it had the black sleeves and the pinstripes yeah. I know a lot I'm of partial to the 90 because they won the damn World Series in yeah it. I liked those uniforms as well <laughs> yeah, I'll be honest with you that's that simple I didn't like the mid 90s where it was just <coughs> the all like it was just I didn't like the pinstripe yeah. hats I liked I don't know. I like black in the uniform. I know there's purists that don't. I don't spend a ton of time thinking about it. I I just like it when they win. So the 91. Yeah. And it's very similar to the 99. Their current uniforms aren't bad. Um, No, they're not terrible. They've had much worse. I wish they would I wish they had a black jersey because I like to eat. I'm a messy guy. And black's a lot better than white (laughs) when you're scarfing down a coney at Great American Ballpark with mustard on it. Sorry, Jerry. Mustard is good. Shout out, Jared. Shout out to Jared and his allergies. He also had another Joshua. Blah, try that again. Joshua. Motherfucker. Joshua also had another question. Mother Tucker. Mother Tucker. Uh, if the Reds are truly going to rebuild, wouldn't you rather see Joey Votto move to a team where he can win in the playoffs? He deserves it at this point. 
If I'm Joey Votto, I'm asking for a trade. That contract is impossible to move. Man, I've been thinking about this a lot the last since, since Posey announced. Now, he Posey left twenty-two million dollars on the table. Yeah, Votto has and what seventy-five. You know, but but Joey's left. not in pain like 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 Posey was. He wasn't a catcher. You know, in the big leagues, he's not. He, he's not. He's not a catcher, so he's not in pain. And you know, that was nice hearing from Devin that it was a relief to quit playing because he was playing in pain. And as a former catcher. You know, yeah. For a long, long time, not as long as those guys went. I it does take a toll on your body. You know, it's 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 not a natural thing to do all the time. And um, that's one thing Tucker's been great at is where he's little or he, he handles it well. Um, but I would, I would, yeah, I, I, I can, I, I could, I can envision a point if Joey gets frustrated that he just says I'm out. Yeah. I can see that, But too. he had such a good year, and he's so competitive, and he's so aware of his numbers. I don't know. I mean, at this point, you might as well try to move him because you're not trying to compete anyway. Yeah. I. And if and you... Honestly, if, Joey, Joey, you don't even have to have a, a prospect to. I mean, it, what's left on his contract isn't that big a deal to a lot of teams. Yeah, but I don't see the Reds even wanting to eat half of that contract. And that's probably what it would take to move him without... A, a top prospect is well, even half the and contract. Bob would like his head to stay on. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's you know, I and, and the whole thing about a player demanding a trade. This isn't the fucking NFL. No, and I don't think he would. This ain't, the NBA, this ain't the NBA where you go out and smack your bitch around and no nothing said about it. I don't. I don't think you he know, would demand. Just the way it is. I don't think he would demand a trade. But if if it were me, I would say if you can move me to a contender. Obviously, he's got the 10-5 no-trade clause. Yeah. Bring me something that I can either say yes or no to. Like, he would obviously have his pick of if a, a deal could even be made with his contract, where to get, where he would want to go. Right, no, I, I would just yeah. say that to the – if it was me. I don't me, know. I, I don't see him as it, the type it, of person I, I don't demand. know what he would do. He's, he's, a, he's a very intellectual dude. I have no idea how he'd deal with that. Yeah, I mean – I know. But I would. I would uh, if if you're not trying to compete. Why hold him back if he wants to try to go win a title somewhere? So, got another question here from Kyle Kapler. He asks hashtag Goodbye Mother Tucker. How ready are you for at a starting outfield of Winker, Sinzel, or Akiyama, and whoever isn't hurt? And Tyler Naquin on opening day. Now I don't know. I don't necessarily know if Tyler Naquin will even be on this team. He signed a one-year deal in the offseason last year. If your outfield is Winker, Senzel, and Akiyama, no, that's not going to play. See, I don't think it'll be that either. I, you know, I, I, again, I, I actually look for them to try to pick up McCutcheon. I really am. I mean, it's, and I'm not, I don't hate it. I don't, you know. Um, I do not think Senzel will still be on this team. I cannot honestly see them starting Friedel in center field. I could see him giving him at least a shot to make the team based on uh, what his little time. Um, the problem is the problem is is with Winker, he changes things so much. But we yet to see a full season out of him. Yeah. Now he's not in the same boat as Senzel by any means. 
No. But I think since they'll just burn bridges with the team and his teammates, and it's that's that's that. Yeah, I I think it's best for all involved that Nick Senzel yeah. gets a fresh start somewhere because I do not think that that whole little that little spill with him getting assigned to Louisville he took that personally. Oh, absolutely. And then when he refused to show up there, the Reds took that personally. That whole little rehab assignment to Arizona or whatever, that's all fucking lip box. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. all shit. That bridge is burned. Yeah. I think at that point, Sinzel had had enough and just didn't care who he pissed off. And honestly... Like I said, it's probably best for both parties if he got a fresh start somewhere else. And yeah. I w- and I wish him the best. I mean, he's he's still got talent. I hate that we're not going to get Nick for him. Yeah. And he oh. never said what he could be. I mean, you're talking about they could have had JT Real Muto for Nick Senzel. Some some of it's his fault. Some of it is a little, well, the injuries are not his fault. Injuries happen. Injuries happen. And but man, the Reds dicked with him like hell. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. That. They they did the service time manipulation, the one year that one year where he yeah. was still in Louisville and hurt his hand, when he should have been on the major league roster. Yep. Um, I think what would have happened if Billy Bean was in charge of that situation? He would have. He would have already would have been traded. Gino would have been traded. Senzel would have been starting at third. Senzel would have broken camp with the Reds that year. Yeah. But. That's how that would have went down. But being cheap. Mm-hmm. Is what caused all that. Can't believe I'm using Billy Bean as an excuse to not be cheap. Oh <laughs> yeah, God. I know. Uh, it's been a wild week of sports. What kind of world are we in that the Reds are cheaper than the A's? The Reds are trying to be cheaper than the Pirates. <laughs> cheaper than yeah. the Marlins. Um, the, the thing that kills everybody is nobody's as cheap as the Tampa Bay Rays, and everybody wants to be the Tampa Bay Rays. Sorry, the Rays, the Rays are the Rays are smart about it though. The, the, the Rays, Rays are ungodly at it. The Rays put their money in development, player development. And they draft so yep. well. They draft, they they have the right people to draft, they have the right uh-huh. people to develop, and when the player gets to the point where they cost too much, they flip them for value. Yep. And, yes, it sucks that you watch a guy come up, be really good, and then he's gone. Yep. But if you're going to cry poor... That's the way you have to do it. And the Reds refuse to do that. Yeah. And the Reds don't win championships in the minor leagues. The Rays always win championships in the minor leagues. Because they stock always their system with talent. Whether yeah. it's through the draft, whether it's through international signings trade. and yeah. trades. Trades is where, I mean, does Tampa lose a trade? Have they ever lost a trade? I'm sure. I'm not for sure. But I they don't, don't lose I'm trades. Really sure. Because, I mean, David Price got expensive. Dealt him. Um, Evan Longoria got expensive. Dealt him. Dealt him. Yep. And they just they just keep that cycle going of, and they won they won the AL East against the Yankees and yeah. the Red Sox. Yeah. That With is the model. That is the model that the Reds need to follow. I I scream it into the void. Constantly. But. But they've got their, but but the Rays don't also have their scouts that are also a third base coach. Right. And the Reds try to double up way too many positions and don't don't hire the right scouts or analytics or whoever they don't hire. They don't do enough. 
And I think that's one thing that sucks about the Reds right now is watching what Dick Williams was building. And I believe it's safe to say that he did not leave, spend more time with the damn family. No, he left because he saw the writing on the wall. That because, because he got told he had to slash payroll. Dick Williams started a rebuild of Reds player development. And the yep. Reds the Reds gave it two years and have scrapped it. So now you're going to have to restart whatever you're going to try to do in the minor leagues. And you're behind the eight ball. You, you can't have a plan of, you know, bring in guys like Kyle Bodie and bring in analytical guys. Say, this is how we're going to develop players. And then scrap it after two years and start over. There was You're just going to lose everything. Combine that with, you know, there was only, what, 20 rounds in last year's draft. And all of, you know, you don't have the influx of talent that you used to have to stock your minor league teams because some of them are gone. So that makes it even more of a premium to develop. And if you keep changing your direction, how are you ever going to sustain success? Bob Castellini made fortune off of undercutting truck drivers. Yep. I mean, I, I mean, it's, y'all can look it up. My brother's a teamster. I don't know how this, this went. He made his money on produce by having tr- trucks that were slightly under CDL limit. Was able to move produce because he didn't have to pay those truck drivers as much as actually haul on a bigger truck with more produce on it. And it was a little little loophole that he made money on. That's that's how he made money. Because he yeah. could hire seven dollar fifty cent an hour workers to drive the trucks to drive the produce. So he's always looking for a loophole. Sometimes you just got to spend some damn money to actually get something you want. Well, well, I don't know. I don't even, I, and I don't even know what the Castellinis want anymore. Do they want? They don't want to win. They don't want to win. They definitely don't want to win. I think they think it would be really great if they got really lucky and won. <laughs> oh yeah, but as you, Lou said, seventy-six wins. Big difference between seventy-three wins and seventy-six wins. But in order to get lucky, you have to put yourself in a position to get lucky. Yeah, and. They're not doing that right now. They almost, they almost it's, it's had it last sad, year. It's, it's, it's a sad time to be a Reds fan. I mean, it's, 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 it's rough. And you know what? And I would even feel better if they, if ownership come out and talk to us. They won't. They won't. They, they they'll talk as you like, apparently said earlier. They only talk to Marty Shelton occasionally. They they talk to the Paul Doherty, or he okay. Castellini. But the and Reds. That's it. And it's just like, yeah, you guys suck. I mean, tell us what you want to do. So, uh, I mean, supposedly there was a plan. Well, that plan got shot out the window because they won't want to act like COVID just happened to the Reds. No, it happened in 29 other franchises. All that. It all happened to everybody. Yep. Why and, do you guys want to pass on it? And as late as the trade deadline this past year, the Reds had the opportunity to go for it. Mm-hmm. Chose not to. What did, the, yep. what, what did Atlanta do? They, they went for it. Ronald Acuna got hurt. They needed a whole new outfield. They went and dealt for a whole new outfield, won the World Series. Now, I'm not saying the Reds would have yep. won the World Series if they had made more moves, but Atlanta tried, and it proved yep. successful. 
and I hate to cut you off here, but a lot of people are going to be like, well, nobody could have predicted what the Cardinals did. Okay. Dude, we knew we needed a shortstop better than Kyle Farmer knew they, from day one. They did, too. That's the reason they tried Suarez there. They could have went and got a James. And if you upgrade— They didn't. They, they, didn't. they lost. That That mm-hmm. is not the players losing. No. That is them losing. They knew they needed bullpen help before the deadline. They waited until the week of the deadline to actually get a little bit of bullpen help. And then didn't continue. That's not continue. the players losing. That's the front office losing. The front office knew the Reds needed a center fielder. They needed a shortstop. Yep. They needed bullpen help. Yep. They yep. they got a little bit of bullpen help and said the hell with the rest. And I'm not and saying yeah, Naquin was great for a couple weeks in April, but I mean yeah. it wasn't like it was set the world on fire center fielder. And I'm not saying if the Reds had made some of the moves like the Braves made that they would have overcome that great winning streak that the Cardinals had. Uh, but, I guarantee they would have. I guarantee they would have. But they, Red started that damn winning streak. Yeah, they could have. They could have won a couple they of those had games. A better in, that winning streak would not have started. Yeah, that's just the, the, the long and short of it. That it winning is. streak would not have ever got started if it wasn't for the bullpen. If they would have not let the Brewers get a day, they yeah, wouldn't have had Thomas, the issues yeah. that they had with shortstop. And he was available. Sorry, Kyle anybody. Farmer, if you're listening to this, you're not a starting shortstop. Sorry, dude. I mean, you're not. Saying that Barrero is, but you are not. Oh, I'm not saying Barrero is either. But the Reds stated last offseason that their goal was to get a shortstop in the offseason. Didn't do it. Yeah. So they're not going to do it this offseason if they didn't do it last year. So, I mean, I people just need to prepare themselves that Kyle Farmer is starting again next year at shortstop because there's nobody else. Who knows? They're not going to go out and spend. Marcus Simmons is going to be a free it's agent. It's the greatest shortstop free agent class in history, and they're not going to spend a thing on it. A desperate need. I mean, and look what Marcus Simeon did. He signed one year, eighteen million, hit forty-five yeah. homers for Toronto. You tell me that yep. wouldn't have played a great American? Yeah. Yep. And 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 his agent had to beg him to play second base up there. Eighteen million dollars. Yep. And his agent had to beg him to play second base to make that deal. Yeah. And he probably would have taken less money to play shortstop. Yeah, you could have. I mean, we don't. We. I don't know. It just. I'm. I can't get the words out because it's just so frustrating. But. It is. It's tough. It is. I think it was, everybody's feeling it. I, you know. I mean. I know on Twitter we've got. Some you know reds white knights, and that's fine. Fan the way you want to. If you want to be over, overly optimistic, be overly optimistic. Yeah. That's fine. And 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 you know if you want to be. Way down to the dumps. Be way down to the dumps. I'm just going to keep on plugging along and hoping that the team actually and, and doing what the Castellinis do, apparently. So you just hope that they actually just get hope. on all cylinders. Hope and pray. That's all I got. Thoughts and prayers. I mean, you know, baseball is a part of my life. The Reds are part of my life. I'm not going to leave the team. Yeah, but I'm not going to spend as much money on them if oh, they're not going to try. No, that's definitely true, yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I do not plan on going back to Great American Ballpark now they spent some money. I'm, I'm done with that. This is my point. It doesn't mean I'm not going to Louisville. I'm not going back to GABP. I uh, I guess I need to apologize to the Red social media team. I didn't realize that times were so tough that you couldn't afford a $20 hat to send me. So <laughs> That's my apologies. I'll stop the joke of asking for a hat since obviously you can't afford it. Um, hopefully you can get some stationery yeah. and you know chairs that you can sit in. Maybe they maybe they all have to stand at desks when they're on site. 
They, they probably they probably don't even get coffee anymore. Yeah, the coffee is now a dollar a cup. Yep. And you know they, I'm I'm sure Bob has raised the prices in the vending machines for the low level Reds employees. You know the grounds crew go in. The bag of Fritos is now three dollars and seven dollar fifty. Yep, it's three fifty for a for a Coke. Yeah. For vending machine now. Well, on that positive note, <laughs> that'll about wrap up this edition of the podcast. <laughs> Branch, give me your final thoughts. Um, man, I keep on feeling, and I've had this feeling for a while, and I'm going to do a Gen X throwback to Cinderella, which I don't know if you like them or not, because they're kind of a shitty band. Oh, they're a hair metal band. <laughs> their, yeah. album, their, their album, Long Cold Winter. I think we're in for a very long cold winter. Yeah. Uh, for my final thoughts, uh, first give out a shout out to Ram at Uncle Ram. Shout out to the Cincy Sports Gallery. Go there for to remember the good times when the Reds actually tried. Um, <laughs> get to get cards and things of guys that are in baseball uniforms that looked good and they won. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Callie. Go see her for all your. Uh, for all your Reds memories, because right now memories and past is all we have to hold on to because the future looks kind of bleak with how the front office is acting so far this offseason. And we're three days into the offseason, which is just... So, hopefully, hopefully, again, we're here, there's that word hope, the labor stoppage will not bleed into the season. Um, millionaires and billionaires fighting doesn't make anyone happy <laughs> so hopefully they get it settled hopefully we get universal dh say goodbye forever to that starting a runner at second in the extra innings and oh god <laughs> play some baseball even though the reds are going to be bad still play some baseball hey they're going to be a third place team in the division hey well, woohoo woohoo <laughs> All right, so for Branch, this is Coop saying we will talk to you later. Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati, Ohio.